Well, if you were at the Christmas Eve service, or if you were watching the Christmas Eve service online, or if you were just trying not to get snowed in on Christmas Eve, um, at the Christmas Eve service, I, I said, if you could think of one word to sum up 2020, what would that word be? Uh, if you had a time machine, if you got yourself a DeLorean, and, uh, and, and went back in time. If you could give, go back in time to this time last year, the Sunday before New Year's, and you could tell yourself one sentence. You could just, you only get one sentence. What, what, would, what would that sentence be for 2020? I'm guessing that it would have something to do with what you learned in 2020. What you've learned over the course of this year. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're, we're going to talk about what have you learned? What's God taught you in 2020? How has God changed you? How are you closer to God on December 27th, 2020, than you were on January 1st, 2020. Because the Christian life is about growth and about growing closer to Jesus. So hopefully, somehow, you are closer today, 360-ish days, then closer to Jesus than you were on January 1st. Now, six, well, man, what a year it's been. What, I mean, what a, what a crazy year it has been. Six months ago, it was warm. That's nice. There wasn't any snow. Six months ago, on uh, June 1st, we had just come back into meeting in the building, um, and that even that looked a little bit different than it does right now. Six months ago, the shutdown had not just recently kind of come to an end. And six months ago, I talked about the nation of Israel that that in in Israel in in Exodus, and you have Moses leading the Israelites. Out of Egypt, he leads them through the wilderness. And because of the lack of faith, they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. But in that time that Moses had this right-hand man, Joshua, that he was preparing to take his place. It, it was really Moses' disciple. It was, it was the guy that Moses was mentoring. And so Moses dies, Joshua takes his place, Joshua leads the people into the promised land, and after many battles, the Israelites finally are able to rest in the land that God had promised them. And we talked about how when Joshua died, though, that nobody followed him, that nobody had been the guy that he was training for years to take over his place, that there was nobody he mentored, nobody that he discipled. And so when he died, Joshua didn't have a successor. And it, it, that's a good thing to be thinking about as parents, a good thing to be thinking about as leaders. Who are you mentoring? Who are you discipling? Who is going to take your place? And so because Joshua had no successor, this is what happened in Judges 2.10. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember his mighty things he had done for Israel. They forgot what God had done. They forgot about the manna. They forgot about the Red Sea. They forgot about water from a rock. They had forgotten what God said in the Ten Commandments. They had forgotten that about God's anger when they made a golden calf right after he said, don't make any other gods before me. And don't make, any, uh, don't make any idols. So when Joshua died, Israel forgot what God had showed them. They forgot what they had learned. 
in, in Judges 2, 11 to 15, it says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, and they served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Astaroth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated just as he had warned, and the people were in great distress. It says that God fought against them. That God allowed Israel to be defeated. He, it says that he had sent them warnings, and the people were in great distress. And there were plenty of people in great distress in 2020. And then in Judges 2 and 16, and then verse 18, it says, Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering. So God would turn against them. God would fight against them. They would suffer defeat and they would be distressed. But then God would have pity on them and he would raise someone up to help. And he would, they would push back against this thing that was oppressing them that they were fighting. And then God allowed them to have victory again. And the thing that was so distressing them would lessen and things would get a little bit better. But then in verse 19, it says, but when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, have, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. It says in their stubbornness, they just went right back to doing the same things that they were doing. In some cases, they were even worse. And so you have this back and forth through the rest of the book of Judges. The Israelites go back to their idols. God takes his hand away. They cry out to him. God raises up a judge. They have some relief. The judge dies. And they go back to their idols and their ways. So God raises up Athenial. Things get better. Athenial dies. Judges 3.12. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. Ehud. Judges 4.1, after Ehud's death, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. Same thing, over and over and over again. Deborah, Gideon, Tola, Jerob, Jepheth, Ibzan, Elon, Abdon, Samson. And this is how the book of Judges ends. The book of Judges ends, Joshua 21.25, in those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Time after time, disaster after disaster, they never truly learned. And we talked about that six months ago. That, you know, they had all these things happen and, and they just never learned over and over and over again. So we said six months ago, you know, we've, we've got to learn. We've got to, you know, we've got to change and grow and grow closer to God. And so it's six months later. And the question is, how have you grown in the past six months? What have you learned in the past six months? How are you closer to God than you were in the beginning of June? Because see, if there's not much difference, then the message that I preach six months ago If you haven't learned anything, then we're really not all that much different than the Israelites. who never really learned anything throughout the whole book of Judges. We've had another year pass. Another year to grow closer to God. 
I've preached a message from the Bible every week. We've shared a bunch of stories of how God has moved, and God has moved in some awesome ways this year. And you are disciples of Jesus, so you're supposed to be spending time with Jesus every day. You're supposed to be spending time in prayer, time in the Word, time learning and growing, time following Jesus, time learning to live and act like Jesus, the one you follow. So between all those things, we should have had a lot of growth this year. I mean, you're either coming to church or you watch it online, so you're getting a biblical message every week. You know, maybe you're even reading some books or, or you know, listening to some podcasts or watching some other pastors online. And if you're spending time in what prayer, time in the Word, you're growing, you're following Jesus. So the question is, how are you closer to Jesus today than you were six months ago or a year ago. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in, a, in an accusatory way. I'm saying that is like, I mean, it could be accusatory if you haven't done anything, but it could be awesome. It could be like the greatest question I ever asked because you got all this testimony of, man, what has God done in the past six months? Like, look at what God has done through, through you in the past six months, or how God has changed your, your heart and your life, and, and how God has reshaped how you think in, in the past six months. See, the Israelites, they kept going back to their old ways. They didn't change. And in the same way, if we keep going back to the old things that we know, then it doesn't really mean we've learned that much. And if we're not learning, then we're not really much of a disciple because sort of disciple kind of entails learning something. But maybe what God is calling us to is to continue learning and continue growing and continue seeking after him. And the more we seek after him, the more we learn. And, and the more God shapes us that when we look back on 2020, we go, man, it was a weird year. Man, it was a tough year. But man, God changed me this year. I see things different. I, 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 I think about things different. I, I praise different. I pray different. Maybe God, what, what God's doing is calling us to something new. Calling you to something new, to something different, to something better in 2021. And I'm not just talking better like health things and lack of toilet paper things. I'm, I'm talking like a better life following Jesus, a, a deeper commitment to him, a, a stronger walk as his disciple. You know, I said the book of Judges ends that in those days Israel had no king and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. You know, the, the question is still there. Do you have a king? It's one thing to say that Jesus is your savior, but is Jesus your king? Because without Jesus as your king, without letting him be Lord of your life and control your life and direct your life. Without Jesus as your king, your story ends like the book of Judges. You have no king and all the people do whatever seem right in their own eyes. Where they're taking their best guess and thinking, well, I think that's what God would want me to do. And I see Christians do that a lot. It's like, oh, that seems right. We'll do that. And let me just tell you from experience that doing 
what you think is right, doing, giving it your best guess, it always leads you back to where you've been. Or we can finally, finally, at the end of this year, going into next year, bend our knee and surrender to the kingship of Jesus Christ. And learn and grow and we can look back and say, man, maybe I've grown in some really awesome ways in 2020 and and maybe I missed some things in 2020, but 2021, I I don't know what the world's going to bring us, but I'm going to get closer to Jesus. God's been showing us, we've been talking for weeks about all the things that God has been moving and all the things that God has been showing us. You know, all year I've been teaching, all year we've been listening and praying. But what have we been learning? So that's the question today as we finish up. We're finishing, this is the last Sunday in our series of just Christmas praise and testimonies about what God's doing and how God's moving and, and, and all of that. So, so today, uh, this, is, this is the question. If, if you want to give testimony to, to God and how good God has been, uh, think about and maybe answer one of these questions. What have you learned in 2020? What has God taught you? How has God changed you? Think about that for just a second. What have you learned? How are you different today than you were 12 months ago? What has God taught you? How are you closer to God? How has God changed you and truly changed you? That You're literally different going into next year than you were the year before. How has God changed you? Think about that for just a second. And then we'll take a little bit of time to to do some testimonies. I, I actually put it online yesterday. I threw it up on Facebook. Here, here's a couple things. Uh, John Harden said, I learned that there's nothing certain in this world but the love of God. And to always be thankful for your loved ones and good friends and all you have and that it can be gone in a heartbeat. Cheryl Galligan said that the Bible has just come alive to her this year. Amen. So many eye-opening scriptures that I've read over and over, but I didn't completely understand and have become clear and concise. Joe Poling said, my agenda doesn't matter. Things can change dramatically very quickly. So rely on the Lord, not other people. Robert Morris said, if something is laid on your heart repeatedly, even if you don't understand it, then it's the Lord and obey him. So, I gave you a little bit of time. So, does anybody in the building, if you're watching online, you could put it in the comments section below if you're watching on Facebook or on on, uh, YouTube. But anybody here in the building, what's God taught you this year? How are you changed? What have you learned? Anybody? You can keep thinking about it. And if you don't, I made, I've, I've been making a list. I'll share my, some of my list with you. So it kind of was the end of last year and, and through this year, but uh, God has really shown his faithfulness to me um, there were, 
you know, I'm sure almost everyone has that list of people that you pray for, um, that they would know Christ. And at least for me, there are a couple of people that, you know, on that list that I just, I'm like, eh, kind of no, no, <laughs> no chance that that's happening. Um, and I, I don't know if that was a, that was probably a limitation of, of my faith, but, um, so anyway, there were these two people on that list of the, those ones that I didn't think would ever, I would ever have the opportunity. And um, situations changed, and I had even less contact with these people. And I thought, well, I guess I, I, you know, I tried to be a good person to them. Hopefully they saw, you know, God in that. Um, but then two very, very specific and I would say ordained conversations with one, one conversation with each one of these people that would not have happened if it wasn't for what was going on now in the way that it happened and just like the immediacy of getting into what my faith is and what I believe and how I stay hopeful and, um, and really showed me that you know, God doesn't need us to do any of the work that he wants to do. But as soon as we start forgetting that he can do any and all things that he wants to do, the quicker we lose those blessings that he's wanting to do through us. You know, he wants to use his people to expand his kingdom. And when we, I'm speaking about myself, when we kind of ignore that God can do anything through the impossible, we're missing it. And I'm, I'm glad he still chose to make those things happen in my life um, so I can speak about it right now. But, you know, both of these things, hap- these conversations happened early this year. After all of, you know, everything hit the fan, but um, early enough that I could spend the rest of the year, you know, focusing in on God and realizing, like, he'll take any, any mess that I've made any mess that people around me have made and make it into something beautiful. And he wants me to be part of him doing miracles through all of those issues that we've caused. Um, And to just lean into knowing that he has much better than we could ever dream up for ourselves and for our families and for people around us. Um, And and if you just say, I want what you've got for me, uh, that's the best place to start. A long time ago, Jenny's brother, um, Randy, recommended a book to me, and I picked it up again. It's called The Power of the Blood. And the Lord has just been talking to me so much about the power of the blood and the sprinkling of the blood to apply the blood to the situations we're in. And I've been doing that on a regular basis, and it's just been a real neat, deeper thing for me, and it's been real good. And uh, just kind of like Jamie said, had some opportunities to witness at Wendy's to the staff there till they shut it down. And I witnessed to three of the employees and was building a good relationship with them and then can't go inside anymore, but hopefully it'll open up again. I drink my free senior coffee and talk to them. But anyway, it's been good. Just the blood. Oh, there we go. I was telling Pastor Brian last week that I didn't know if I could ever speak. Um, And I don't know if many of you know who I am, but my name's Chandra Smith, and I teach at the middle school. Um, 16 years ago, almost, in March, I lost my husband. And on a Sunday morning, snowy like this one, and I was working down at Camp Otterbein to, uh, to earn some money to put our kids through the private school that they were going to. And I kissed my husband goodbye that morning. And I said, goodbye. I said, I'll see you when I get home. I love you. And he said, I love you too. About noon, I get a call from the emergency department. 
and my husband did not wake back up. He was 33 years old, and he had gone back to sleep. And my children, who were eight, five, three, and one at the time, were the ones who found him. And my oldest, who was eight, made the call to 911 and said, my daddy won't wake up. All they can figure is that he died of complications of the flu. And it's just been a rough 16 years of raising kids as a single parent. A lot of tears, a lot of frustration, a lot of not understanding. Because <laughs> we, we, we were high school sweethearts. Fell in love at Logan Elm. He was a teacher there. He's buried out here at Knollwood Cemetery, and on the day he was buried, which was St. Patrick's Day, about 600 cars came up Chieftain Drive to honor his life. What was odd was he was a scientist, and he, uh, he had written a little journal entry, and he had titled, That Can a Quantum Physicist Believe in God? And I reflect back on that because he went to church with me faithfully, never quite coming to an answer. And, uh, but I immediately saw God at work after he died, not only through the funeral, but through the people, the faithful stewards that stepped into our lives and helped raise the kids. Even a couple people here who were part of scouting I, my son, poor guy, was left with four women in the house, and he was five, and, and he needed guys to hang with, so I put him in scouting, and he was raised by some good people. Um, but we had friends come into our life that, when I went back to college to become a teacher, would babysit, would help me out, bring food, take us on vacation. And all those things were God at work for me. Um, but in 2020, I reconnected with a good friend who, she was a Girl Scout leader, and she uh, was running the cookie cupboard, and Sean had taken the kids to the cookie cupboard the day before he died. And this year, we've reconnected and started hiking the Buckeye Trail together, and she's helping me fight the loneliness. Today would have been Sean's 49th birthday. Um, so it's always lonely, but I know that God's there, and that he's watching me, and that he's putting people in my life to guide me along. And for that, I'm, I'm very, very thankful. I've just learned here, well, really in my life, the last three months to let go and let God do it. Because I can tell you, for some reason, at the beginning of the year, I was just going through the motions and everything and just pretending. And as the event that happened in my life um, and all the pouring, the outpouring of the community and everything, in just the last couple weeks here in church with the praising and the worship and things like that, that um, God's just really been working in my life a lot. And he's showing me not to worry about anything, to just let go and give it to him, and he'll take care of things. I know I've reached out a lot to Aaron um, here lately about the praise and the worship and stuff like that. It's just been amazing. And, and the sermons from Pastor Brian has just been amazing. So if you just pray for me and continue to allow me to say let go and let God take care of it, then I, I know that things will be okay. Just, you know, going through uh, the final divorce hearing is uh, like January 15th, I do believe. And then I have the guardian at Lightham coming over to for a home visit with me and Josh to see, you know, what's the best determination for him. So I just need to quit worrying about that and just do what I'm supposed to do and just, you know, allow God into the house and into that visit and just be myself. But I just have to learn to let go and let God.
Thank you. I think that's a lesson we're all, we've all learned to one degree or the other this year, that we don't have a whole lot of say in much of anything. So you just got to let, let go, my God. Are you going to say something? No. Okay. I'll, I'll even stand. Um, this, for us, has been a year of just craziness. Uh, people think that, you know, when everything shuts down, that the pastor's job, like, he doesn't do anything. And I'm like... I saw him less while we were quarantined than I saw him before that. But it's just, it's been a year of change. And half the stuff I never would have thought in a million years, Brian becoming the police chaplain, um, you know, I'm being more in the community um, and somehow I'm now roped into that, I think because I, I help carry soda in for you guys, and so, yeah, Chris. <laughs> and so um, one of the officers has been talking to both Brian and I about different projects and stuff that he wants to see done in our community, and do we know people who can help, and do we know uh, all these different things? And I'm like, hang on. I I just thought I got my life like straightened out and knew what I was doing and where I was supposed to go. And as a control freak, um, which I'm sure some can relate to, it doesn't work for me <laughs> at all. But I am finding that, you know, 18 years ago, God gave me the man who was going to be patient with me and put up with my craziness. And then they brought Brian in. No, I'm kidding. It's been Brian all the way up. <laughs> but without, you know, God knew 22 years ago that I was going to need Brian. God knew oh gosh, 25, 30 years ago that I was going to have anxiety problems. And for some reason, just this year, it has just really kind of hit home. And I think, I think it, he just really needed to pound it into my head. He knew everything that was going to happen this year before I was even born. And that is just... Like, I'm getting goosebumps right now because that just shows the love that he has for us and for me. And when I wake up in the morning, to think that I could even doubt that for a moment is just unfathomable. So, but that's, I mean... What he's taught me, at least. I don't know what he taught you, dear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot of things in 2020. The first thing I learned was I should have bought stock in the toilet paper industry. <laughs> and then the second thing God taught me was get to Walmart early before it runs out. <laughs> so um, if you've ever seen uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where they're looking for those golden tickets. <laughs> That's like going to Walmart looking for toilet paper. But anyway, sorry I got off key there, honey. She's going, where's the keys of the car? Um, a couple things. The first thing is um, to, to Chandra. Um, my mother passed away this week, and 42 years ago, uh, my dad was killed tragically in an accident uh, three three kids. I was six. I had a sister that was in eighth grade and a sister was a freshman in college. And here's how I'll sum it up to you. 
because I can tell already you're the same kind of person she is. Uh, I'll, I'll verse it a little bit different today, Jamie and PB, than I did <laughs> yesterday at the funeral. But she was a mother, a father, a butt kicker, and a name taker. And she looked out for us. And I asked her about three years ago, like, how did you ever get through that? And she said, I just kept believing in the Lord. And uh, amen to that. So uh, be encouraged by that, that uh, just stay close to your kids. Um, stay close to the Lord. It's okay to it's okay to get mad at them and swing pancake turners and pots and pans. And um, so, but uh, the other thing is, was uh, you look back at everything that's happened in 2020. And when they use the word pen, pandemic, like I can't even spell pandemic. Um, I'm not even real sure how to spell it. But anyway, um, and you look at, you know, all the different guidelines and regulations with masks and hand sanitizers and social distancing and this and that. I mean, it, you just, your head's like, it's hard to process everything that's going on. But in early February of this year, um, a brother in Christ that I had been talking to for years and some other guys had been talking to uh, gave his life to Christ. Uh, his name's, and I know he doesn't care, his name's Walt Critchfield. Uh, Walt Critchfield is a phenomenal uh, musician and guitar player. And uh, back in the day, um, Walt used to play a lot of bars, cause a lot of havoc with myself, uh, run with uh, myself and several others, and uh, we did not so good things. And... Uh, Yesterday, Walt played guitar at my mother's funeral, and Walt sang praise and worship music. About three or four months ago, I challenged Walt to bring his guitar to group one night at Out of the Boat on Thursday night to pray worship music, and he said, I don't, I don't think I've ever played praise and worship before, and I said, great, tonight will be your first night. He said, I only know one song, and Jamie, if you remember, I said, well, great, we'll play it three times. So if there's anything that I remember from 2020, uh, it's that the Lord's still working. And praise God for Walt's life, and praise God for what is about to become uh, a musical ministry for Walt Critchfield. Uh, that's what I remember uh, about 2020. I think that um, one of the things that I've learned in 2020 um, that when I've thought about it, it's simple, but um, it just really struck me when Brian asked the question was that um, God is always the same no matter what. I mean, thankfully that no matter what is going on in the world, what is going on in our lives, um, what is going on with those around us that um, God is our rock and our salvation, that he's always steadfast, and um, what a blessing that is. And um, I want to share a couple things from um, Lamentations. Um, I've got a couple marks here, and one of them is that our hope in the Lord is in his great faithfulness, and God wants good for us. Um, I'm going to read in Lamentations 3, um, 20 through 32, actually, um, yes. Um, sorry, I'm going to read 20, 21 through 32 here. And it says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever. 
but though he causes grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love, for he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. I'm a person who likes to run ahead of God and a worrier. And it always amazes me how he's in control of everything. Things that you worry about that you think are going to happen, and they never even happen. And I think sometimes that, and maybe I'm very wrong, because I've also learned I'm an incredibly fallible person. And that is that I had a stroke. My stroke was to slow me down. I was like a lamb who ran way out ahead of the shepherd. And I needed to get in line with everybody, with him. So I think I broke a leg in, an, in you know, kind of a way. That's what that stroke did to me. It slowed me down. And um, I know this week, I just was going crazy thinking I had to get this together and that together and, and well nothing was coming together and my husband wanted to have prime rib one day and we were supposed to have it again on the next day and you know what I'm, but a big storm came. <laughs> no, those people came. <laughs> and here I spent all that time worrying about how I was going to feed people and what I was going to do. And, you know, I had, so if anybody's like me, give it up. <laughs> now, it's really hard to do that. And <laughs> I know I will spend my whole life <laughs> learning this. But you know, God's got it under control. He's got under control the day you were born and the day you're going to leave this place. We gotta stop worrying. It's horribly important. One one thing that I think I've learned throughout this year and the past four years is patience. Without patience, I would have not been able to um, get through living with my sisters. I would not have been able to get through this year because without patience, you just, you don't know when it's gonna end. You don't, when, when you're going through something, you don't know when it's gonna end and you need to be patient to know and know that God is already at the end and he was at the beginning and he's gonna be, he's already at the beginning of whatever happens next and you just need to be patient to see what comes next. That's another one. We, we, I think we all learned a little bit this year was patience. Uh, fruits of the Spirit, that's, the, that's a fruit that tastes like Brussels sprouts to me. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll just close up with a couple things. I, I, and I would challenge each of you to do this. I, since I knew I was going to be doing this message before you did, um, I, uh, I've had a couple weeks to think about, you know, what, what did I learn in 2020? You know, how has God changed me? What, you know, all those questions that I asked. And I just started making a list on my phone every time I thought, oh, yeah, I, I guess I learned that this year. Um, 
I, I just write it down. No matter how, you know, how trivial to how deep, you know, like, like one of the things on my list, how quickly TB can become so valuable. So, you know, the toilet paper thing. Um, I, I've learned how to, to just eye up six feet. I, I can tell you, because I've set and reset these chairs so many times, I know how far, six, I can just tell you. Six feet's about here to there. It's just, I, I can do that now. Um, but uh, but I'll, I'll just I'll just te- I'll just tell you this. These, these are uh, some of the some of the verses that have that I've learned a lot from Colossians four five. Be wise, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Uh, between uh, losing a neighbor to a drug overdose and thinking, gee, I wish I would have spent more time talking to him or telling him about Jesus, to being able to baptize a neighbor down in the Hawking River, to, to one late night, spur of the moment, baptism at, at Aaron Harden's mom and dad's house. Um, and the baptism on the spur of the moment is pretty fun. I get why Philip did it in the book of Acts. Um, but just be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. And, you know, we've lost people in 2020 that at the beginning of 2020 probably wouldn't have been on our radar. And it's just a reminder time after time after time you don't know how much time there is, so make the most of every opportunity that you have. And it's just reminded me, you know, um, tell people that, make sure you tell people all the time you love them. Even if it's weird to tell that person you love them, tell, tell people you love them. Um, listen more. Um, uh, Look around and see the need around you, because um, there's all kinds of, of opportunities. Just make the most of every opportunity. Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, Romans fourteen one. Accept other believers who are weak in faith. Don't argue with them about what they think are right or wrong. Just you know, this year there was plenty of room for arguments. Um, but let's, you know, just keep your eyes on Jesus and, and, and let God work on people's hearts. That, that was one. Uh, this, was, this was another big one. And I think it echoes a lot of what you heard today. James 4, uh, 13 to 16. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. I, I think, you know, there, there were plenty of times this year that it was like, I don't even know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Elders meetings were hilarious because it was like, well, we don't know what's going on, so like, we can't make any decisions. We'll just have to wait, and we'll pray and see what happens. That, uh, that, that was a, another one uh, that I had written down. It is the world uh, this year and for the last few years, it's just we're just so reactionary that things happen and boom, we we react. We have to you know tweet about it or we have to have a Facebook post about it. We have to something happens, boom, we have to do something, and and just uh, that instead of being more reactive, we need to be more prayer active, and uh, and you know just whatever comes instead of posting about it or throwing your two cents in, you know, take 24 hours, 48 hours a week, pray about it. And so many times, 
the stuff you're worried about, the stuff that you're thinking is, oh, it needs a, I just got to do this right now. A week later, you go, oh, God had that in control all, all along. But, uh, and then just faith in God, not living with an attitude of scarcity, but living with an attitude of faith. So those were some of the things on the three and a half pages of things this year. But as I, I close, I love that this is how we're closing this year. Um, it's so, so, uh, uh, when, when you read your scripture, I just about jumped out, out, out of my seat because I look for the last couple weeks just verses to close the service. And uh, the verses for today are from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 through 26. And uh, it, it just, it was such a good picture of this year that, you know, with everything that's gone on, God still knows what we need to hear and is connecting dots and going, you know, just, it was so cool when you said, I, you know, about Lamentations, and I said, oh, it, it couldn't possibly be, you know, Lamentations is a pretty big book, it's probably not the... But, but that God, like Alex said, God's already at the end of it. So uh, I love the fact that we're ending this year on a note of God just connecting two little dots, nothing too big, but just another, another little way that he says, I'm in here, I'm right here. And, and it's all working out. So Lamentations, chapter three, verses 19 to 26. He says, I remember my affliction. And I'm sure you can remember the affliction of 2020. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. But to the one who seeks him, it is good to wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. Great is his faithfulness. Mornings by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, his hand has provided. Great is his faithfulness, Lord unto me. We'll see you next week in 2021. Blessings for that year for all of us. Love y'all. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay close to Jesus. We'll see you back here soon. Love y'all.